Hey everybody and welcome to the Young Adults Today podcast where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. Here are your hosts, Josiah and Micah Keneally. What's up guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Micah Keneally. I'm Josiah Keneally. We're your hosts of the Young Adults Today podcast where we talk all things young mm-hmm. adults, the faith of the next generation and reaching young adults in our world today. New episodes drop every Monday. We want to help you start your week off strong. Mm-hmm. Thanks for, we consider it a gift. Wow. When you subscribe mm-hmm. and share this message with other leaders, with your small groups, your staff, your pastors, your teams, and so grateful today to be joined by our friend, John L. Gates. How are you, man? What's up? Good, man. Doing so good. Thanks for having me on the podcast today. You bet. Thanks for saying yes to mm-hmm. the invitation. Pastor John L. is a full-time traveling evangelist. Our paths crossed with him at Cedar Valley Church way back in the day, and He spent a season on staff as a youth pastor at a church in Rochester and um, now has been traveling full-time as an evangelist, like Mm -hmm. we said, preaching the gospel to the next generation. And he's also one of the contributing authors in this year's book project for Young Adults Today, which is Equip the Saints. And he wrote an amazing chapter. You can check out that resource Mm -hmm. in the show notes or at our website, Young Adults Today. But Jono, we want to kick it to you. Share with us some of your journey of life and leadership and your life story. Well, I think, you know, just to start off again, it's an honor to be on the show with you guys. I love you guys and honor your leadership and your friendship in my life. I'm better because of you guys. Um, and so like for me, it's it's pretty kind of straightforward. I grew up in a home that actively believed in Jesus, actively lived for Jesus. And it's actually ironic that I am a pastor or an evangelist now, because as a kid in middle school and high school, I deeply struggled with the belief in a God. And you can kind of go through those questions. OK, if God is real. Why is X, Y and Z happening? And I had so many incredible friends that didn't always shun me for asking questions, but actually welcomed me asking questions. And we're just like, hey, I don't have the answer to this, but I'm willing to sit with you in this tension and we can walk through this together. And I think that was very healing for me to walk through the wrestle and the grapple of faith in my relationship with Jesus. And I remember I grew up going to an incredible student ministry under incredible youth pastors and uh, graduated under that ministry and, and even really, I think during that time, deeply struggled with some inadequacy and, and feelings of worthiness and and feeling like I was good enough. Um, and I remember there was a, a youth pastor, Brent Silkey. He reached out to me one day and he said, hey, would you be willing to consider uh, being on the youth team? And I was like, Joker, I have no idea how to connect with the next generation. Like, I don't even know like what to do, what that looks like. And I uh, was just terrified. But there was something in me that felt very like, you should try this. Like, what if, what if you gave this a try? And so I hopped on the leadership team and uh, absolutely fell in love with it, fell in love with the next generation and pouring into them and connecting with them and leading them and building relationship with them. And I remember it was probably maybe even five to six months on the leadership team that I think it was Brent and Andrew Johnston. They looked at me and they was like, Hey, would you be willing to intern? Like we see some leadership potential in you. We'd love for you to invest even deeper and, and, you know, commit even further. And I was like, yeah, sure. And so I was probably interning for about a year. Um, and I was going to a community college after I graduated, because I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I was kind of wrestling with like career direction, purpose life. And I remember I had this crazy moment. I was on my way, uh, driving and I got a call from Brent again and he goes hey man we're looking for a kids camp counselor would you be willing to consider uh being a kids camp counselor and I'm like no way dude like I don't do kids ministry like that is like I I'm struggling with teen ministry at the time (laughs) kids ministry is another level and I just felt that same prompting like just give it a try like what if like just try it out and so I said, okay, whatever, like, let's give this a go. Now, it was the craziest week of my life. I will tell you, it is a miracle that I am still alive after that week. But I remember there was this moment that I was walking with those kids. And, and kids ministry is different. It's like a different animal and a different breed because you you can't leave them. Like, they have to stay with you all day, every day. And I remember we were all walking to dinner one time. And I, I remember looking back and I was doing my my like every five minute count to make sure I still had all the kids in my path. And I was walking and I was look, I turned around and I just felt like I heard the Holy Spirit just whisper ministry. And I was like, 
nah, like that ain't for me. No way. I'm not a speaker, not a leader, not a pastor kind of person. I'm not great with people. That's not for me. And I remember I totally disregarded. Little did I know um, that that word marked me moving Mm -hmm. forward. And I remember it was something that couldn't, it wouldn't let me go. And it would be something that I would be wrestling with for the next six months. Now, I remember I was driving and at this point in the journey, I was so frustrated with God. I was like, okay, God, like, I don't, if this is, if this is really you, like, maybe I'm just reading into this, maybe it's myself, but if this is really you, I need you to make it obvious. Like I was driving my car and I was meeting one of my mentors and I said, God, if it's really you have my mentor look at me and say, Hey, do you feel called to ministry? Like have it be that obvious for me. So I pull up to the caribou on cliff in Egan, Minnesota, and I'm sitting there meeting with my mentor and he stops and we've been meeting for like a year. And he looks at me, he goes, John, I was praying this morning. And I felt a release from God to ask you this question. Cause I've been sitting on this. He goes, but do you feel called to ministry? And I was like, what in the world? <laughs> I almost fell out of my chair, freaked out, like absolutely terrified. And I was like, I do feel called to ministry. What does that even mean? What does that look like? And that kind of started me on my journey of going to North Central. And I think really allowing the Lord to uproot some things in my heart and my life of deep inadequacy and, and deep fears and deep uh, feelings of unworthiness. And I remember I graduated from North Central, uh, was still interning all the way through at Cedar Valley Church for four years, incredible, incredible ministry in church, and uh, went to Rochester, Minnesota, was a youth pastor there for six years, five, five in like three fourths, if we want to be exact, but um, I say six years just to make it easier, not be that guy, you know, uh, and literally it was probably in my last year as a youth pastor, the best season, the best ministry season of my life. I remember I was driving home of January of 2021. I was driving home from the gym and I was just praying. I just had worship music on in the car and I just felt like the Lord just came into my car and I heard the Holy Spirit say, Jono, you're going to be gone by from this church by the end of the year. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> like, come again? Like, where am I going? Like, what? what's the plan? Like, okay, like you can't just drop a bomb like that on me and then leave and then not tell me what's going on. And so uh, I heard nothing. And I just was like, okay, maybe I'm a little crazy. Maybe that was something that um, I don't know. Like, I don't know what's going on. And I remember uh, I was just kind of praying into that thought. And I was like, man, but man, I'm like in the best season of my life ministerially. And the, the church staff is incredible. The church family is incredible. Like, why would I be leaving? And uh, basically, I'm sitting probably three months later in a meeting with my admin at the church, and we're having a conversation, and she's kind of like a spiritual mother to me. And she she looked at me, she goes, Jono, I, I feel peace about sharing something with you, uh, so I'm going to share it. She goes, in January, the same month, think about that, she goes, I was painting my kitchen, and she was praying, and she goes, Lord, if Pastor Jono ever leaves, will you let me know so my heart can prepare and she looks at me dead center in the eyes. She goes, Jono, I heard the Holy Spirit say that you'll be gone by the end of the year. And I was like, in the name of all that's good, what is happening right now? I was freaking out. Like, what? okay, like, where am I going? Like, what is this going to look like? Like, okay, am I, I going to die? You know? So I'm like, okay, like, am I gone from this earth or like this position? And, and so I just remember, uh, I really started praying and I really, I set aside just a month to fast and pray in June of 2021. And I was like, God, like, what are you calling me to? What are you leading me to? And that opened up, no joke, the floodgates of even just prophetic confirmation, personal confirmation. I have written down probably over 170 prophetic words and confirmations that the Lord is speaking to me and through people about this decision to step out in faith. And I remember it was probably about August of 2021. I heard the Lord say, John, are you willing to do something you've never done so you could see something you've never seen? And I'm like, I don't know yet, God. Like I have it pretty good here. Like, I don't know, like what I got is good. Like, do I really need to go? And so I just remember like the Lord was wrestling me to the ground. And honestly, I think God knew I needed that year to really, really emotionally just process and release and even prepare my heart uh, because I love that church. I love the staff. I honor the leadership and I still honor them and I still love them. And so I remember 
Um, you know, I our church ended up going through a church transition of lead pastoring. Our lead pastor at the time, he was planting a church back home in the South. And so our church went through a process of finding a new lead pastor, and they ended up hiring the executive pastor that had been on for five years, an incredible guy. And I remember when he announced that he was nominated, I was like, oh, my goodness, he's literally going to think I'm leaving because it's him. And so I walked into that office. I said, Pastor, I need you to know. I want to share everything that's on my heart and what God is doing. I said, but I'm afraid that you're going to think what, what I'm saying. I'm saying because you're the candidate. I said, it's not at all. I've known for eight months now that the Lord is speaking to me, all this stuff. And I'm sitting there and I'm just telling him everything God's doing. And he's sitting there with this little smirk on his face. I'm like, Pastor, why are you laughing right now? Because I'm crying. Like I'm I'm feeling terrible. I'm feeling I know. nervous about sharing that. And he goes, John, I've known this conversation was coming for a year and a half. He goes, dude, I've been waiting for you to catch up to what God is doing in your life already. He's like, I just never want to put the cart before the horse. He goes, we want to love you. We want to launch you. We want to send you. We want to celebrate you. And so literally in January of 2022, uh, I launched John O'Gates Ministries and have been traveling full time for almost a year and a half now. And it has literally been the best season of my life. Um, truly, it has been very challenging, but I think I've seen that challenge really um, develop me into a better man and more mm-hmm. godly man and more centered man, a more steady man. And so, um, yeah, overall it's been a crazy journey and I've skipped a lot, but I think I'm trying to figure out the best way to articulate where I got to today. And I think, you know, I would not be who I am without the four years of interning at Cedar Valley church and the leadership there. I would not be who I am today without the incredible leadership of the pastors I've been under of the six years in Rochester, Minnesota. And I would not be who I am without that leap of faith in God and not trusting God. And I think there's different things. I think about different seasons of life. We, we learn different characteristics and attributes of God's nature. And I think truly in this season of my life in the last year and a half, I have learned God personally to be Jehovah Jireh. I've seen the provision of God more in the year and a half of traveling full-time than I did in the six years of pastoral ministry, because my life is in a position where I'm like, God, you have to show up for this. Yeah, it's a life of faith. Absolutely. So it's been surreal and I've just been walking through the doors and walking through the opportunities that God has been providing. And it's been, it's been surreal. It's been surreal. So I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing, Pastor Jono. And what an amazing thing it is to hear the voice of God, to know his promptings, to hear his still small voice in the midst of worship, in transition, in confirmation through others. And while you're talking and sharing, all I can think about is Evan Almighty, that's that show with um, Jim, is it Jim Carrey? Yeah. And of like how he's like, the like signs are lighting up and this is lighting up. And it's just like, did I see that? Oh, ministry. Oh man. And it's just like, that's how the Holy spirit works. And that's how God works sometimes is through people and through bizarre things. And I don't want you to read into everything. If you're in a transitional period being like, is this God or is this me? Like it'll, you will feel peace. There'll be a calm in your soul and there'll be people. If you've surrounded yourself with God centered people, there will be individuals that'll speak life. They'll encourage. And like your pastor said, I've been waiting for this for a year and a half. I'm just waiting for you to catch up. Yeah. And, and and that's amazing because that's showing that you were under incredible leadership to bless and send knowing the day was going to come at some point. It's just, when is God going to move? And when, when were you ready? And yeah. I think at the beginning of you answering this question, like you had kind of already alluded to this, you've had a lot of incredible people, pastors, individuals call it the yeah. greatness in you, even as like a young youth student, like a student yourself, and then a leader and then intern and then pastor. So John, I'd be so curious when it comes to reaching the next generation, um, why do you believe it is so important and crucial in this day and age to reach the next generation and to reach young adults for Christ? You know, it, it, it's a great question because even Josiah, we interned together. So you remember probably what I was like, I was the least unlikely <laughs> to be doing any of this. I mean, it's standing probably even in front of just four or five people uh, at the age of 21 or 22 when I graduated college was debilitating for me. Like mm. my voice would be shaking. I would be sweating through every shirt I had. Like, I mean, I was just so terrified. And there were so many, I think, deeply rooted areas of inadequacy in my heart and my life that I allowed to rule and dominate my life. And so I think the reason I'm so passionate about the next generation is it's full of untapped potential. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so many people who maybe due to unbelief 
in themselves or unbelief in the gift that God has given them, if they truly put to practice what God has already seeded in their heart, in their life, it can develop into something beautiful. So I think what I really believe in is the power of potential in young people. I believe that when people actually start living in alignment with God's word, God can do exceedingly and abundantly beyond anything we could ask, think, or imagine through our life. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, and, and it's tough because like I just believe in young people because it's in my DNA. I mean, like m- me and Josiah, we just have been in young adult youth ministry. We That's kind of what we grew up in. That's what we're familiar with. So it's like, it's a part of our DNA our, our, our genetics, our culture, like who we are. And it's hard to almost put language to that. But I would say, I think for me, what I love so much about the next generation, why I believe so much in them and why I preach to the next generation is I believe all it takes is one moment in the presence of Jesus for them to experience something really powerful and to become who God has called them to be. So I don't know if that answers the question, but so good. Yeah. it's a phenomenal answer, Jono. And I, I agree. We, we share that. And I pray for the listener that you would catch that DNA. Mm-hmm. I think one of our biggest hopes is that people would reach young adults in our world today, that they, I, I think of the language of Craig Rochelle, that maybe we need to do anything short of sin so that people can know. And, and you, you asked that question that I think sums up the life of faith so well, Jono. Are you willing to do something you've never done to see something you've never seen? And so Mm -hmm. many people long for revival. We pray that Jesus revolution would happen again, that the Asbury revival would spread. And I I believe that it is. And I think it is going to take some steps of faith and to launch outside of our comfort zone Mm -hmm. into the land of unfamiliar where the Holy Spirit can truly move. And to something else that you touched on is, I think that it's a beautiful picture we see of Peter Mm -hmm. denying Jesus before three different times. And then he's a little bit later, what a chapter, maybe a a page turning moment or two later, he's declaring Jesus on the opening day of church. Pentecost happens, the spirit of God falls and 3000 people are added to their number and water baptized Mm -hmm. to profess their faith in the Lord Jesus. And I think that what's the difference? I've always asked that question. What's the difference? And you've experienced this channel. I've experienced it. I think it's actually a work that the Holy Spirit did in your life. Yes. yes. Took you from maybe reserved or quiet or held back to now you're, you're declaring the mm-hmm. gospel fearlessly mm-hmm. and ferociously. And um, I would really attribute it to one of the proofs of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the most powerful you. testimonies is, is we see Peter having the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm boldness that mm-hmm. acts one eight talks about yeah. empowering us to be a witness. And mm-hmm. you've experienced that. I've experienced a similar transformation. Like if you look back when I was quite young, introverted, timid, shy, hit under yeah. a table instead of going to youth group, but yeah. God got a hold of my life. And, um, pastor Jerry has said it like, wow, I never thought I would, I would have never imagined that God would use you the way he is. And isn't that God? Isn't yeah. that the Holy Spirit? And so maybe God's calling the listener, the viewer on YouTube today to a step of faith into a life mm-hmm. that's uncomfortable. I just think that um, we, our encouragement would be to go for it, to mm-hmm. walk in the confidence that he is who he mm-hmm. says he is, that his word is what he, and, and he can do what he says he can do. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. just that open life, that life of faith and yeah. to go off script here for a second, you've talked yeah. about adulting being challenging. You've talked about, you know, a life of faith and you've talked about even like, whether you want to mm-hmm. talk about singleness, whether you want to talk about adulting and maybe why faith is challenging for a young adult, like what would be um, something to somebody who's starting out in ministry single a piece of encouragement mm-hmm. or just a testimony about God's goodness, even when adulting is hard. Yeah. Uh, let me speak to that first one of uh, maybe they're, you know, whether in a leadership role and they're single or they're a young adult and they're single in their mid twenties, early twenties, early or late thirties. Um, your significant other does not give you your significance. And I truly believe that I learned to find security in who I was and who God made me to be apart from spouse. And man, it might've been at least, it's been six years since I've really dated somebody and now I'm engaged and 
Uh, she is lovely and incredible and amazing. And I'm so excited for our life together. But I think about those years of singleness and I, I think about probably the, the early years were a bit of a, okay, God, like what's going on? Like everyone around me is married. Everyone around me is having kids. Why is this not happening? And I think the Lord allowed me to be in a season of isolation to really develop, I think, godly character that's made me into the man I am today uh, to hopefully love and lead and cherish uh, my, my wife here in the next couple months, uh, effectively in God, in a godly way. And so I think like understanding that your value and your significance as an individual is not different because you don't have a spouse. Um, you, it, it, your, your purpose does not come from another person. Your purpose doesn't come from your role at a church. Your purpose doesn't come from, uh, the, how many swipes you get on, on a dating app. Your purpose is only found in Jesus. And I think sometimes God allows us to go through some seasons of loneliness, not for us to suffer, but to allow some things to surface, uh, maybe some dysfunction, maybe some areas of, of trying to find validation at any. And so I think like I would just encourage the person that's maybe still waiting uh, when you know your worth, you know how to wait. And so don't settle for anything less. God's best is still coming. God's best is still on its way. Um, don't settle because you feel alone. I was just even having a conversation with a guy at the gym the other day. He was talking about how he wanted to stay with someone who'd been unfaithful to him. And I looked at him and I said, are you wanting to stay with her because you truly love her and you want to work things out? Or are you afraid that you won't find anybody else? And he kind of paused and he goes, I'm kind of afraid I'm not going to find anybody else. I said, brother, let me tell you as someone who'd been single for almost six years, I'm God is faithful. It may take some time, but the time that you're single is a time that's not wasted. God is producing mm -hmm. some things in you. He's working and developing uh, some things in you, strengthening you. And so um, I don't know if I answered the first question. And honestly, I kind of went on so long, I forgot the second question. But uh, I would just say your significant other does not give you your significance. And I think I found deep security um, within that season of being a pastor. Cause I think some people are like, uh, if you're not married, you're not a real pastor, you know? Um, and it's like, Oh, can you do weddings? Cause you're not married. It's like, yeah, I can still do weddings. Cause you know, I'm not married. Oh my gosh. I think that's so encouraging. You did answer the questions and I think you answered it so well of calling the listener out and up, like don't give up because God doesn't give us dreams to tease us. Right. So if you have a desire to be married, to have a family someday, like it may look different than what we thought. Like sure. all of it is like, I know I had my plans, Josiah had his, and they were so different than what we were able to experience. So different. I didn't so get married until I was yeah. 30. And I was like, I told God I want to be done having kids by the time I'm 30. I wanted four boys and I want the white picket fence, the house and everything by the time I'm 24. Like, yeah. So it's like we give God our timeline. And he, I think he just, he lovingly corrected me. He goes, okay, I never agreed to you. Those are your expectations, Micah. Yes. I never agreed to those. Those were yeah. something you placed on me. Yep. And I think even if you're listening, you're a pastor, you find yourself in a very difficult, challenging season. Maybe you're married. And here's the thing. You can be married and feel isolated, alone, yes, depressed, sure. and just separated. And that's what my prayer would be for the listener today and anybody who finds themselves married, single, dating, engaged, wherever you're at. I'm just like, my prayer is like, allow God to take you back to your first love. Yeah. Because no matter what it is, it's always God first. Always God first, because I think long-term when judgment day happens and we're standing before the Lord, it's not going to be me, Josiah and my family and my dad and my mom. No, no, no. You're one-on-one -on -one with God. And it's Lord, take me back to my first love so I can love you to love myself, to love others. And it's an overflow. It's an outpouring. It's like you said, knowing who you are and whose you are, essentially your character was being grown and there's grit that's being developed in yeah. isolation or loneliness. And yeah, I think it's just an awesome topic. I love this topic. So I could park it here all day, but yeah. <laughs> we could. And if you look at this, the, the truth is singleness isn't a problem to be fixed. Right. Yeah. It's a season yeah. of life to live and enjoy yes. to the fullest. Enjoy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I'm yeah. grateful. So I'm 29 right now. And I'm grateful that God did not give me what I thought I wanted being married at 24. Because who I am at 24 or who I was at 24 is not at all 
by the grace of God, <laughs> who mm -hmm. I am at 29. And I think God knows our season. He knows the right time. And I think even if you read all throughout scripture, you see that God is so intrinsically involved in the timing, mm -hmm. the divine timing of things. And when, when it's God, nobody can stop it. Like, right. like no one can stop what God is starting. And I think that when we're trying to force things to fit, when we're trying to make things to happen, when we're lowering ourselves and our standards to bring something into our life that God hasn't really approved for our life, I think that's when we start to compromise. And I think that's yep. when things start to uh, become a problem. And so, no, I, yeah. I agree with you 100%. That's so good. I absolutely love this topic. And knowing that, I think one thing before we move on, is like to recognize if you are single listening, guess what? We were all born into onto this earth single. Yep. And that's why Paul yeah. says singleness is a gift and marriage is a gift. And the land of in between of engagement and dating is also a gift, but enjoying the season that you're in, embracing the character development, embracing what God has before you and stewarding it well, I think is sometimes we want to hurry up and hit fast forward. And God's just saying, just be, just breathe and just live moment to moment. And one of the things that we love about you is um, you wrote about this in our book or like our collaboration yeah, not our book. Saints. Yes. The Equipped to Saints book with yeah. like 12, 13 other authors. So I say it's our book and we each wrote a chapter <laughs> and you wrote meeting people where they're at and just the importance of seeing people for who they are, for why they're placed there, for how God has like orchestrated, like you just alluded to, like let no man separate, like what God has started, let, let no man stop. And that's why it's in so many of our wedding vows, even there. So like the, the, the strand of three chords. And when it comes to just meeting people where they're at, you share the message, like what's been on your heart of how can we become better listeners is what you said, better listeners and meet people right where they're at when it comes to everyday living, whether we're pastors, leaders, spouses, dating, whatever that is, whatever direction you want to go. Yeah, I think I think right now we're living in a time where we've lost the ability to truly listen. And I think we often listen now to speak. We don't listen to understand. Um, we we kind of listen to one up, you know, the other story. We 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 listen so we can share our comment and share our opinion. And I think, you know, I felt like um I just had this, this thought, and I don't know if it's an original thought. I don't know if it was the Lord or not, but I just felt like maybe the Lord gave me this definition of listening that I, I just maybe want to share. Like listening is the desire to connect to someone's heart over your need to be heard. And I think if so many of us approached listening through that lens, so many people would feel seen, valued, understood, cherished, uh, heard. And I think so many people, and I think we're all guilty of this in different seasons of life, we were so focused on trying to prove a point that we miss out on connecting with the person entirely. And I think that when I look at my life and when I look at how I've been deeply impacted, even from just when I was sharing my story of struggling with the existence of God as a middle schooler, or high schooler, it wasn't people pointing out the fact that I was in the wrong. It wasn't people pointing out that I shouldn't have doubts. It was people who were willing to sit with me in the problem and the perplexion of my life and the chaotic questions and the grappling of these, these complexities and saying, hey, look, like I don't have everything squared away, but I want you to know I'm willing to sit with you. And we're going to wrestle through this together. And I think if more people focused on truly trying to understand other people and becoming more curious, like what if we were more curious, would we be less critical? Because mm -hmm. right now we are so critical of everybody and anybody who's got a differing opinion and a different perspective or a different approach in life. What if we just started asking more questions and we said, hey, help me understand where you're, where you're coming from. Like what gives you this perspective? Not out of a you know, a um, argumentative tone, not out of an argumentative place, but to truly understand. Because mm -hmm. I think that's when we start to see reconciliation is when we sit with people, when we ask questions. We love to talk about ourselves. Anybody can talk about themselves. We truly struggle to ask questions about other people. And so um, 
that's just kind of my heartbeat is is to see people um especially leaders within the church truly truly move from trying to prove points to connecting with people mm -hmm. uh, especially people who want to share their faith with others stop trying to focus on the conversion just have a conversation start asking about their life start understanding their pain start Start inquiring about what makes them tick in the way that they are. And I guarantee you, their heart will be so much more open to you, to, to who you are and what you believe and what you have to say, instead of starting with shoving Jesus down somebody's throat. And I think, I think evangelism and sharing your faith and, and having conversation, connecting with people is kind of like a dance. Like you got to read off the other person. You can't force yourself. You got to go at the pace that they're able and they're willing to go with you. That's so good. John, that's phenomenal. I'm passionate about everything you, that you just said is um, listening actively. It's, yeah. it's showing interest. It's, it's caring. It's meeting people right where they're at. And a, mm -hmm. a great way to do that is actively listen, ask questions. Tell me more. Okay. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. Am I understanding you right? And then when you feel like you get it, tell me more. And that's, those are three great words that just, my goodness, if you really want to get to know what somebody's passionate about, tell me more about this. And then, okay, well tell me more. And, and it, it's, it flies kind of in the face of our hustle and buzzing, ringing, dinging, quick, fast paced stress culture. And it's, it's, I think it's what Dallas Willard said that hurry is the enemy of our mm -hmm. faith. So he tells us to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our life. And I wonder if one of the, the windows as to why is of course, to connect better with God mm -hmm. and to actively listen better, to read, to study better, but it's also for our environment and the people around us to show that we care. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. You know, Jude is this short letter uh, near the end of the Bible uh, in the New Testament. And Jude writes in Jude chapter one, verse 22 and 23, lend mercy to the doubter, mm -hmm. extend mercy yeah. to the doubter. So I think of like, maybe somebody's walking through their own bouts of doubt with the existence of God, or they care about somebody who is meeting them right at the table political arguments aside, differences aside, and just, yeah. Hey, can you help me understand? I would genuinely love to know where you're coming from and I'm not going to react harshly or emotionally. Can you just help me see things from your perspective mm -hmm. is that's doing what you're talking mm -hmm. about. And for me, I think, and I'd be curious maybe what you would say to this, Micah, but <laughs> I think this podcast 240, 250 conversations, episodes. This has been like a master's class or doctoral level class for me in listening, in becoming curious, in preparing questions, in, in caring, and in sitting, and listening. And then mm -hmm. I do interject here and there, and I share anything that I want to share. And I think we're allowed to do that, meeting people where they're at. But mm -hmm. do you agree with that? This is a master class. Or just that it's it's a opportunity for us to listen to others. Oh, absolutely. I think one thing I think if you're claiming to be a Christian and you are a leader, then we need to be lifelong leaders. Like we need to ask the good, we need to ask good, relevant, relative questions and be open to hear people's responses. And what we're exposed to is we're our own ceiling and we're our worst critic. So I think just when we get to come alongside and just carry on a conversation and I call out greatness and pull out the stories of people like it's an honor to be able to do that. It's an honor to be able to bring every single guest that we've had on into the ears of somebody who's wrestling or struggling or being challenged or just needs encouragement. So yeah, I consider it a great honor to be able to host with you and this podcast and just great people. So great guests like Jono and back to Jono. We like to end <laughs> the episodes, five questions, five minutes, kind of rapid fire. Are you up for the challenge? Let's do it. Okay. First question is you're an evangelist. And um, one of the questions I love to learn from friends like you is just like, what's a practical way or what are a few practical ways that we can share mm -hmm. our faith in everyday life, even today? Man, I think uh, starts with your mindset. Think conversation first, not conversion. I think so many people put pressure to see the conversion and people accept Jesus. Your role may be just to plant a seed. 
just to encourage them, just to, and, and, and I think, um, your mindset needs to be that you can't save anybody. That's the Holy Spirit's job. We get to partner with the Holy Spirit in the work that he wants to do in their life. Um, I think on a, on, on a practical side, uh, talk to people. Don't talk at people. Uh, people can tell the difference and the difference will, I think will determine someone's willingness to receive what's being said. Uh, I think talking at somebody is about imposing a thought and trying to prove a point, but I think talking to people is really about connecting to the person. Uh, and then three, uh, I had this, 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 this mindset shift, um, many years ago where I realized my role is not to make people love Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my role is to help other people see God's love for them. Uh, because I can't make anybody love God. That's not my job. I, I can't control the outcome of that. But my job is simply to be obedient, to go, to share the love of Jesus and the hope of Jesus in my own life and that God can do it for them. And so I think just starting organically, starting relationally, it doesn't have to be this whole like you pull out a piece of paper and you read like through a whole list of quite like, no, like connect to the people, look them in the eyes. You don't have to feel the pressure to see someone say yes to Jesus in that moment. You can just simply plant seeds every single day. And I think that honestly, that stuff takes time. And I think we need to be okay with time. We love to celebrate the conversion. We love to celebrate the salvation. And those are the best things. Yes. Mm-hmm. But we also need to learn, I think, to develop the endurance to have conversations every day, to, to, to wait on God for that breakthrough moment. And so I would just say, take the pressure off. You can't save nobody. Okay. Right. Uh, that's God's job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Our job is just to partner when God opens the door. And when God opens the opportunity and the divine appointment. That's so good. Things to keep in mind. I tell everybody, we're not God. We're not the Holy Spirit. Period. Pressure's off. Okay. Here's a fun one that is not even in our notes, Jono. So (laughs) what is one of your favorite things about your bride to be? Oh my gosh. Okay. So she's got this incredible, incredible, I love bragging on her. So I'm going to have to like, just keep it to the one thing here. She's got this incredible emotional dexterity. Like she has such an ability to be like the life of the party and fun and, and bubbly and bouncy and, and, and giggly. But then she also knows how to transition so well to handle the weighty things and the emotional things. I'll never forget. It was the first time I, we ever flew her out to Minnesota. It was our second date and she was meeting my mom. And I remember my mom is a very stoic, very, uh, I would say poised and professional woman. And does not show a lot of emotion, but for some reason, we were in a topic that was very personal for her, and she started to tear up. Now, I have not seen my mom cry since I was, like, five. So I'm like, who are you? Like, what is going on? And without skipping a beat, Kylie, literally, with the most gentle tone, the most sincerity in her voice, she goes, Anna, how does that make you feel? And I'm like, who is this like she is willing to go and wade into the hard uncomfortable. I mean, like for me, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, Lord, this is getting uncomfortable. But for her, she's like, no, this is a space I live for. And I think I love I knew in that moment once she cared for my mother in a way that I'd never seen anyone else. But two, I knew that she also had God's heart. for mm-hmm. people. And to me, I'm like, just marry me now. Like, I mean, let's just. <laughs> Let's just go to the altar. Um, But I love her emotional dexterity. She is a spitfire. She knows how to uh, literally love people so well, but also call people up and higher. And I think there's been so many times where she has um, challenged me. I am better because of her. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's a good indication of of whether you're you're with someone who, who is a good fit. And I think her and I, we have a compatibility of purpose, life, and direction. And when I look at our life together, I only see a multiplication of an addition to what God's already doing in both of us. And so uh, she's incredible. She's lovely. She's beautiful. And um, I'm so excited for what God's going to be doing. Good answer. Yes. All of you said good We're answer. We're excited to get to know Kylie more. And I think for us, at least for me, I get really excited when quality attracts quality, Yeah. when people don't settle, when people do wait and just hold out for God's best. And then 
to your point earlier about his timing, yeah. it's, it's just, it's encouraging and exciting. And we're, we're thrilled for you, man. We really are. And for her too. Mm-hmm. And here's the curveball. Yeah. So the third question is if you could ask Micah and I, anything, this keeps us, you know, if you picture a batter's box, we don't know what pitch is coming. It could be a knuckleball, yeah. but yeah. it keeps us on our toes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Here's a question. You guys just like myself literally started up a 501c3 nonprofit. Yep. Literally trusting God with this season of your life. What has been the biggest challenge that you did not expect? And how has that challenge changed you for the better? Oof. Wanna go first or second? You go first. Oh man. Okay. I knew this going into it. So fundraising is always a thing for a nonprofit. That's just I, I'm over that facet of it. The hard part behind it is being everything starting out. Your admin, you are making meetings, you're traveling, you're teaching, you're preaching, you're doing receipts, we're doing photography, we're doing Instagram, we're doing podcasts, we're doing books, we're doing event planning. Event planning. Like we are the everything. We are the solution and the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that so is something that you kind of know going into it, you're like, crap. I'm HR. Do we have everything we need from the paperwork and everything layered? So, and I enjoy elements of that. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just like, when you're everything under the sun and you are the solution and the problem, Mm -hmm. I think that's just a wake up call to be like, okay, this is making me a better person, a better problem solver. Um, What's the other one? I said, I always want to teach our daughters problem solvers, be have pretty. And then there's another one too. I can't remember the other one, but there's three things where I'm like critical thinking. Yes. And I'm like, okay, how do we leverage what God has given us for his kingdom? Well, and honorable in the process of being the solution in the problem. That's a new answer. I just realized that it's a light bulb moment. I'm the problem to my problems and the solution to my problems. (laughs) I mean, wow. In addition to everything you just said, like June 1st for us marks a year. Yeah. And so literally a year ago right now, this was kind of vision. It was kind of idea. And now we've been moved to action and others have been moved to action. And it's a jump off the diving board moment a year ago at this time. Yes. Are we going to jump and we're going to jump up and down on the board yelling three and never get in the water. Yep. (laughs) And I think for me, so glad, like we knew that this was what God had and, um, there, there's no regrets I think that the greatest challenges is to say it this way. In in reality, we have a lot more vision than we have resources in this season. Yeah. And so I think that there's uh, the drive that I have that's insatiable. There's the delight that I have in God that's just exciting. And then there's a dependence on God that I am learning actively and obediently and submissively repeatedly because I'm like, um, God, you gave us this vision and where's the resources. And so even, um, I think bringing people there can be part of the challenge because it's humbling to say like, this is the vision. Mm-hmm. These are the needs. And, and is there a way that you can team up or help or believe and support, encourage champion. And so I think that the, the resources piece and, and one of those resources is time mm-hmm. and, oh man, like young kids, new ministry. How do we shut it off when it's like, this is what we love to do. And yet the first call is to Jesus himself, marriage, kids, even ahead of this. So I think it's, it's just this life of faith and life of tension that like, God, I can't believe we get to do this. What a privilege, what an honor and give us the wisdom Mm -hmm. to do this. And, um, but it's definitely what I don't want to lose even as resources may, you know, grow. What I don't want to lose is this dependence that we have with them now. Yeah. Yes. 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 So I guess so good. that answer it. So good. So good. Can you I relate guess. it all? It's like manna every 1, day. Like, okay, Lord. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, e- even at the, uh, the end of 2022, you know, you, I leave my church family, leave financial security, following the voice of God. And I'm like, okay, God, like, where are we going? What are we doing? And I'm just walking through all these doors. And it was the best year of my life. And I got to December of 2022. And I'm like, okay, God, like, where am I going? You know, it's like, 
where's like this vision long term? And I was like, I don't feel like I have clarity on like where this is headed. And I felt like God finally, literally on January 1st, 2023, he spoke to me. He goes, John, if I gave you a vision right now of more than two feet in front of you, you would have run off in the wrong direction, gotten yourself in the wrong place with the wrong people. He goes, I'm teaching you right now to abide and to depend on me, to walk with me. And I'm like, that's really frustrating right now for my faith, but it's, it's really good because it's strengthening. It's creating a greater dependence, yeah. not on you know, my own vision or my own capabilities or resources, but literally keeping in step every day with God to provide and God to open the doors and God to connect me with the right people. And so uh, I relate to that a thousand percent. Yeah. It's practically it's May as we record this and just to be open. Like, I think we have a, a fairly decent idea of what our June schedule calendar events look like. And then July mm-hmm. beyond about two, maybe three months, it's kind of a life of faith. Like that's about yep. where we're at for resources. That's about where we're at for just the the next, the now. And it, it's this dance of like, okay, God, we're trusting. I was on the phone last week with a buddy. He's a pastor now in California from Australia. And he goes, um, how can I pray for you? So I told him this conversation very similarly. He goes, okay. He goes, I've been there. It's kind of like, hey, God, um, I don't know when you were thinking, but I was kind of right. thinking that would be really great. And I was like, I just felt so seen. <laughs> and so knowing yeah. in that moment, like, uh, I was kind of thinking like maybe now soon. <laughs> yeah. What are right. you thinking? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> But keeping in mind, God is yes. never, he's rarely early. Yep. He's never late. He's always on time. Yes. Right. So keep in mind, it might not be our time, but it's on his time. Yep. Oh my yeah. gosh. Okay, Jonna, this is question four of five. What is the best advice you've ever been given? Oh my gosh. That's so hard. That's so hard. <laughs> um, genuinely, um, I would man, okay, the one that's coming to mind is this. I was speaking at a um, a sectional meeting with some pastors, and I remember I was, I was talking with this, this pastor. He said he'd been in ministry, pastoral ministry, uh, for, I believe, like 60-something years. Like, insane. This dude was uh, a very much a legend in the faith. And I looked at him, and I said, Pastor, can I ask you a question? I said, how have you... Um, how have you been so faithful over the years? How have you been so um, committed to um, finishing strong? How have you kept your mind and your heart tethered to Jesus? Because with all the things going on, with all the scandals that are happening, like what is the secret to your longevity? That's a way of saying that, the longevity of his ministry. And he looks at me without skipping a beat. And this marked me. He goes, I never took my eyes off Jesus. That's good. I never, I never took my eyes off Jesus. I never put it on money. I never put it on position. I never put it on power. He goes, I kept my eyes on Jesus. And I was like, is it that simple? Is it truly that simple? Uh, and I was like, I, I want to go get rededicated, resaved after that <laughs> conversation. I'm like, okay, God, like I'm keeping my eyes on you. And I think that's mm-hmm. been my feat for 2023 is like, regardless of how far out my calendar's full. My eyes are on Jesus. I was just on my run the other day and I felt like I was like, head up, keep your eyes up, keep your eyes on me. Because my, my I'm like, I run like this, like I look down at the floor and God's like, head up, keep your eyes up. And uh, I would just say that truly as simple as that sounds, um, I think that was so profound, so profound. That's so um, good. He had such longevity. There was such gentleness, like the evidence of the fruit of the spirit in his life, like hit me in the face. Um, and he's like, I never took my eyes off Jesus. Always stay focused on Jesus. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm crying, you know, like, thank you for your longevity and your example. So that's what I would say. That's so uh, apart from a practical note, the book of Proverbs slaps me in the face every single day. So I think that's full of some good wisdom. But from people, yeah. <laughs> I think that's so good. I'm always reminded, like even this conversation conversation that we're having is that this side of eternity and what we're doing here on earth is only the pregame. This is just the warm-up to the rest of our lives. And if we can't make it through the warm-up, 
I don't want to be scrubbing toilets in heaven. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that's a literal thing, but I'm like, Lord, how we steward and what is before us and how we steward our friendships, our relationships, our calling, the things that he's placed before us, the people he's put in our path, like how we love one another, how we steward and grow in the fruit of the spirit. I, it's like, we should all be like fruit ninjas by now. Like we should have this down, you know, as human and history repeats itself, like let's learn from the people around us. And I love that this gentleman was in 60 plus years of ministry because that's almost, that's unheard of. That's very uncommon. Yeah, no. I was like, like, how many years? Holy cow. So I think that's just an encouragement for the person. If it's your first year or maybe your 35th year and you're listening, finish the race that God has placed before you. And he will, you know, when it's time to go home, he'll call us all home. But I'm like, wow, if I can't make it through this side of eternity in the pre, the preliminaries, (laughs) man, I better, I need some endurance on all fronts. (laughs) You know, let it, let it be said of us that we kept our eyes on Jesus. He's the author He's the pioneer. He's the finisher of our faith. He's the lifter of our heads. We face our battles because he's fighting our battles. And so often it is that message of look at me. Don't, don't look at the waves. Don't, don't drown. Just keep your eyes on me. And that's what I feel I'm saying to, to us today through you, Jono. And the, the way we like to close these conversations is just to hand you the mic and say, if you were to encourage a young listener, a young leader, mm-hmm. somebody who maybe they, they are fighting a battle. Maybe they're growing weary uh, and need, just in need of some patience, um, some perseverance. But what would you say to them today? I would say that you are doing far better than you think you are. And God is doing so much more than you think he is. And if you don't give up, if you don't quit, if you don't throw in the towel, God will do exceedingly far more than you could ever imagine learn to abide, learn to spend time with Jesus, learn to walk with Jesus and keep in step with Jesus. And when you get out of step, learn to rebound and get back in step as quick as possible. I love what the Bible says, even though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets back up. We're not defined by how we fall. We're defined by how fast we get back up. And I would say, if you're feeling discouraged, if you're feeling disappointed, God sees you Look right back at him and keep walking with him. Don't give up. In due time, you will reap a harvest and it's going to be beautiful and it's going to be powerful. And uh, faithfulness isn't sexy, <laughs> um, but God, God asked for our faithfulness to walk with him. And I would just say you're doing so much better than you realize. And God's doing so much more than you think he is. Just keep holding on. Keep going keep believing, keep praying, and uh, God's going to see you through. What an incredible note of encouragement to leave everybody with today and just staying in cadence with faith, staying in cadence with God, steps of faith. Oh, they're fun to take, but they're scary, right? So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Donald, we're so wonderfully privileged to have you in our life and just honored that you would say yes to the Young Adults Today podcast and just listen for the listeners. Um, we're just grateful for you. So thank you so much for joining us. So grateful for you guys. I love and I honor you guys so much for your friendship and your leadership in the state and this country. So thanks, for, thanks for letting me be a part of today. Again, thanks, Jono. This is the Young Adults Today podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Young Adults Today podcast. I'm all wired up right now. Enjoyed it. Me. I'm getting charged up right now, yeah